I am your host, Darius Velasquez, and you're listening to The Melancholy Condition. Welcome to Season 2. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. The reason why I love Anchor is just because it's easy. It's simple. It's on my phone. I don't use any exterior hardware. I don't got to do anything really, but just pick up my phone, open the Anchor app, press record, invite my guests, and boom, you have the melancholy condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. And we're here. Welcome back to another episode of The Melancholy Condition. I have the amazing Asia Burwell here. Asia, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Asia, and I'm really, I'm really excited about this. I get super nervous when I do things like this, but I'm, I'm here. So awesome. <laughs> glad I convinced myself to do this. I'm glad you did, too. It helps me out, and it's going to help you out as well. Anything important you have to say or share with... Um my listeners or even things that you felt like, you know, some of your friends need to hear or other people that are in your market, you know, these are, this is a great opportunity to kind of let all that stuff out. So um, kind of give everybody a little uh, brief introduction about yourself. Tell us about your story. What makes Asia so special? <laughs> okay. So uh, like I said, I'm Asia and I am 20 years old. I went to film school for about a year and a half and they lost their accreditation So I went through this crisis, basically, where I was like, what am I doing? I have to start college all the way over, you know, like, did I? So what school did you go to? So, oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. If if, if that's okay for me to ask. No, that's cool. That's cool. To Living Arts College, which is in North Carolina. It's a really, really small school. A little bit about it. When I was in um, the 12th grade, they came to a college visit. I, I guess that's what you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a, the, like a scouting thing? Yeah, kind of like that. So they set up this presentation in my school and I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. I really wanted to go to film school so bad, but I didn't want to go too far. I've never really traveled a whole, whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was new to me. So I looked at their website. I looked at the things that they had to show me and I said, okay, this place looks kind of sketchy not gonna lie mm-hmm. but I went anyway um and it like immediately as soon as I got there things began to go downhill and so eventually it got to the point where they called everyone to a meeting and they were basically telling us that our degrees would no longer count when we graduated so wow. that is ridiculous and what was the school called again what was the name of it living arts living arts and where was this at Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Wow. Have you thought about like revisiting that kind of period of film? Um, I don't, I I really don't know. As of right now, I do want to go back to school and just go ahead and get it out of the way, I guess. 
Um, but and I've been doing small film jobs here right. and there, but nothing like when I was in school, and nothing yeah. like I thought I was going to be doing. I guess I'll say that. So before so we jump back to your um, kind of introduction, do keep in mind that the Los Angeles Film School, if you're ever interested in California or just taking the leap over there, it's expensive, and <laughs> they don't cover living they do have a couple like um like sponsorships or contracts with some of the surrounding um apartment complexes Mm -hmm. and that would typically be covered by like your financial aid or whatever but that's something that I was actually really interested in doing because I wanted to do acting and so I was looking at that school and um a buddy of mine was looking at it too because he's from Houston and we were he was going to go do the music studio he took a tour I went over there and I was going to go do like um I wouldn't say acting classes, but just enough to understand what it's like to be on front of the camera. So it was kind of like acting classes, I guess. But um, they had a huge thing for film development as well. They have all kinds of professional. You can imagine what's in L.A. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, go ahead and kind of dial back and tell us a little bit about what happened about, you know, yourself. What kind of makes you you? OK, so, yeah, that um, that's where I am currently how I got into this is kind of a long story, but to shorten it up, basically when I was seven, my mom passed away from cancer and it really sent me into a whirlwind. I I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know like, you know, my hobbies, I had no interest in them at all. And so I had to find something new. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's crazy. I was watching Finding Nemo and <laughs> I really was. <laughs> I was sitting there and I said, wow, it takes a lot of work to do this. This is really cool. How do people just, you know, know how to do this stuff? You're so then animation? I, yes, I briefly okay. got into animation and then I realized that I hated it. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It is crazy. The amount of stuff that goes into animation because um, I actually have looked into it because I have this weird thing where like, um, I'll be talking with somebody and then I'll just kind of turn it into a story. Like if something happens, they're like, oh, what if this? And I'll be like, oh yeah, then this and then that and then this happens. And I turn it into this huge animated story in my mind and it cracks me up. And so my girlfriend was telling me, she's like, you need to really start writing these things down and just turn it into like some short films and just upload them to Instagram or something or YouTube or just something. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's not you know hard to do because I have some arts and paintings. Um, I was looking at what it takes to animate something something decent enough the background with some characters with some facial expressions and just your basic 2d like animation as far as like drawing a character in like adobe illustrator and then adjusting its like Mm -hmm. facial (laughs) stuff to make it look like yours because i know they have the facial tracking to where you can blink you can smile you can frown and you can correspond you can correspond your drawings (laughs) to that um, but I was looking at it and I was like, to make the backgrounds, to make the characters, to make everything move in synchronicity is amazing. It's too much. So I get it. I get it. <laughs> and that's how I felt. I said, okay, I have gotten myself like just too deep. I, I don't want to do this. And so then I, I picked up a camera. I said, I still really like storytelling. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into that. And that's just where I am now. It's not been easy. I will yeah, say that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's, um, I, I'm very, I'm a very creative person. I like talking a lot. <laughs> I really do, but I get shy. So those kind of things don't really 
go together, yeah, I guess. I get the same but... way. It just depends on the topic, I guess. You have to fall in love with something and be able to talk about it first. And I get that. Exactly. So exactly. Um, whenever you say, you know, you're looking at to keep storytelling, what are you doing to kind of chase that? So right now I have done a few short films with my friends, one of which we actually just entered into a okay. film festival and it got nice. accepted. Right. So that just happened. Um, other than that, I have written a ton of scripts, a ton of scripts, and none of them have really uh-huh. gone anywhere simply because going back to school has been the most stressful okay. thing I have so ever So you're re enrolled back to college? I am not. I am actually applying now with the hopes of going back in the fall. Cool. We'll Don't see how that goes. It. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um you know something that we talked off off air you brought up murphy's law what, what i did <laughs> i just for the listeners that may not know what that is kind of give us a you know a description like what what does murphy's law entail <laughs> gladly so Murphy's Law, if you were to look it up on Google, it would tell you that it is a supposed law of nature expressed in various humorous popular sayings to the effect that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that's basically it in a nutshell. If something has the capability to just go crazy, not how it's supposed to, Mm -hmm. it will. And I feel like that a lot of the times I'm just that really unlucky person that has to deal with things like this. And so where something should just be really easy, where I should be able to, you know, go and get this done, it should just happen. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And uh, I know a lot of people would say, well, that's not just you. That's a Mm -hmm. lot of people. But I talk to other people and they have had, (laughs) you know, just much easier experiences with the same exact things that Mm -hmm. I've had to do. And I just like, you know, why why me? For sure. Do you, you know, now this is kind of something that like something I've, fell in love with when I was like 16 right when I was about 16 or 14 16 years old I studied a lot of psychology I studied a lot of human behaviors and as well as like the brain and what happens in the brain whenever you think certain things right so one Mm -hmm. of the biggest things that I'm a fan of which you know it's kind of hard to get people on board with this because it's not a material thing you can witness it's not something that take it's something that takes a lot of time and patience to understand but it's the idea of how your brain works whenever you say certain things, whenever you think certain things. So if you look at, I don't remember what study it was, but there's a study that shows how, like, you know, the, what is it an MRI scan? What people do over your, the doctors will do over your brain to see the brain activity? I think. Okay, I, so I, there's a study that some doctors did with some MRIs where they gave people scenarios to think about. Some of them are high stress scenarios. Some of them are life and death scenarios. And some of them are like revisiting traumatic scenarios of the past that made them really sad or made them real angry. And they studied the patterns of, you know, what, what pops off in your brain? What's, what's pulling up? What, what areas are starting to um, light up? And then what does that do to like your blood sugar or the chemical imbalance of your gut bacteria in your stomach? Things like that. And basically, the study kind of concluded that thinking negative thoughts or having the idea of, you know, for your instance, something going bad can be bad for your 
body it's health right it can make you tired it can make Mm -hmm. you stressed it can make you angry it can you know raise your cortisol make your blood sugar spike and then like i previously said um make your gi tract your gut bacteria imbalanced and whenever your gut bacteria is imbalanced that kind of spins everything off that's where you you get your depression from because you know things aren't firing right so the chemicals in your brain don't really know Mm -hmm. what's going on and so my theory behind it all is like i think that whatever you say right because okay so for instance it, it sounds like in your scenario you have a lot of anxiety about the future because of your past Oh, right. Definitely. So because of yeah. how much everything went <laughs> yeah. wrong, you kind of adopted this theory, this Murphy's law, that if something can go wrong, it's going to. Am I am I on the same page here? I, I think so. I you know, um I had someone come up to me one day and say, You're very cynical. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? I, I never really caught myself until someone else brought it to my attention. But I do have a habit of just saying that, you know what? it's not going to go right. This is just like, you know, listing a bunch of things that just could just mm-hmm. happen. And then I worry about it. So I think you're, you're dead on with that. So I think I have really, I think a lot of that kind of oh, boils down to like, I mean, cause it's okay to have anxiety. It's actually normal, right? It's normal to have anxiety mm-hmm. about something that you don't know. It's normal to have anxiety. For instance, okay. This took a lot of mental, like kind of me just saying, fuck it. I'll do it. Um, mindset right so like whenever i was 18 years mm-hmm. old here so not take kind of further back when i was 14 years old some recruiters came down to my town of the college they said they were a part of some big um company that hooks people up with casting directors and casting agents and someone told me hey you know you're crazy i used to do parkour and free running they're like you should go show them like that's what you want to do like you want to be a stuntman or whatever i was like you know what cool i go down there and i share my vision with them and they're like all right you know we like you let's take your picture here's this event we'll sponsor most of it you just have to pay for your travel and it was this basically a showcase event where models and actors got to go and meet um labels and meet other people like that could get them modeling gigs or commercials or movies or tv shows whatever and i went and when i was 14 after that scenario they told me because i'm not 18 and i had to finish school they wouldn't try to sign me but they gave me all their contact information and every month or so i would email them again hey just letting you know these are still my goals we met in this date you know blah 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 and i made up with my mom i told her i was like look when i'm 18 i'm gonna go to la i'm moving i'm gonna pack all my stuff up and go i figured out that i had a friend down there that you know he said he had a house next to the film school that i wanted to go to blah 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 about a year and a half later i go down there i packed all my stuff up about two in the morning i just got up and left with like four hundred dollars in my pocket and just went wow right and i'm like all right this is gonna work okay well as soon as i get there this guy doesn't he has power of attorney over a house but he doesn't live in it this house is right outside of compton um i'm like on the edge of the ghetto and i don't know if you've ever i mean at least in the time period i went there there was a huge like mm-hmm. there was still some racial separation so this was a predominantly um, African house, African-American. And as soon as I walked in, um, the guy that lived there, like the uncle or whatever, he's like, what's this white boy doing in my house? I guess my friend didn't tell him, <laughs> like, hey, I have a friend coming. He didn't, he, he didn't tell him nothing. He, he didn't yeah. even tell him that they had, he had power of attorney over the house. So I'm already like, okay, I'm sitting in Long Beach. I drove my longboard down there, and I kind of was just sitting there contemplating, like, what the 
am I going to do? I was homeless for about a week. <laughs> I slept in a trailer that was outside these people's house. They told me I had to go because my car was parked in their um, driveway. They were upset about it. And then uh, for the next couple of weeks, I lived at a hotel's. But right after that, I met a lady wow. inside of a Barnes and Noble coffee shop that happened to be a casting director. And she looked at me and she's like, I don't say this to anybody. I usually don't do this at all, but you look like an actor. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you look like an actor. She was like, I have this class. I'm the coach. I'm an acting coach. I would like you to come Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'll meet you. I'll let you talk with, you know, our manager, the one that manages all of our models and actors. And we have a showcase event in Universal Studios. And if you want to go, you can go. Okay, so let's dial back up to the beginning. I made my mind up that I was going to go up to L.A. and be an actor, right? Mm-hmm. When I was 18, I did a commercial before I left. And I just packed myself up and went. Now, I knew in the back of my head that there's a possibility that something could have gone wrong. Something could have, you know, everything, everything that happened, I pretty much kind of envisioned that. You know what I'm saying? My theory, mm-hmm. I think that whenever, and this kind of, like I said, it comes back to something that's hard to believe. But I believe whenever you let your anxiety take over certain things, you kind of manifest your own reality. So whenever you think about all the bad things that could possibly happen, you're kind of creating a possibility for them to happen. Does that make sense? It does. And you know what? That that makes a whole whole lot of sense. And now that I'm going back and I'm thinking about certain things, I do believe that I have made certain situations so much worse than they actually, you know, could yeah. have been. So I mean, kind of dial back with yourself, I guess, whenever you get some personal reflection time and just think like, hey, um, what did I do in my past? Obviously, you had a lot of uncontrollables in your life. Right. There's two major events mm-hmm. that you mentioned in the beginning, you know, um, with your mother and with the school, those you can't control that and you can't blame yourself for that. So if you're ever like in the position where you're down on your luck and you're kind of looking back at all the things that suck in life, because I know I do that, too, where you're just like, OK, this sucks. I hate myself for this. I could have, you know what I mean? You start blaming yourself for shit that you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be blaming yourself for. So don't blame yourself for those type of things. But do look at the events that didn't go properly and kind of look and take yourself out of the picture. Look back, like I guess, look back at the event as a third person point of view. How did you react to the situation that could have possibly made it that thing that made it turn out the way that it did? Was there anything that you could have done to make it turn out differently? You know what I mean? I do. I do. You know what? I want to I want to bring something up because now that you say that I <laughs> I have an experience that happened I'd say about a month mm-hmm. ago that I think I just put way out of proportion. So basically, let me just give you the rundown. I do not like to okay. cook at all. I can't stand <laughs> it. <laughs> I love to cook, but don't worry about it. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about it, but just every time I start, I get so frustrated. I'm like, okay, now this has to be done. Now what, what, you know, just what is going on? So here's the deal. We were, I was at home and my dad called and he said, okay, I need you to cook something. Cause I'm not going to be home and your brothers need to eat when they get home. And like, I just, I need you to figure something out. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want me to yeah. do? There's, there's nothing in here to cook. So I find a bag of ground beef and some meatballs in the freezer I'm like, okay I'm gonna make spaghetti that that seems like a thing that I can do but I've never cooked okay. spaghetti before and it's it's you know it should be a very easy thing you boil the noodles you make the sauce you put them together but 
I, I freaked out over something that, that was really small. I said, you know, what if I don't cook this meat enough and then everybody gets poisoned? Like everyone gets <laughs> E. coli. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I need to like look up how long do you cook meatballs? And everyone's saying, you need to get a meat thermometer. I'm like, I don't have a meat thermometer. <laughs> so I get another, I, I don't know what it, I think it's called a candy thermometer yeah. or something like that. And you stick it in grease. Yeah. So I got that and I like stuck it in the meatball and I was like, okay, I don't, it's not working. What am I doing? And then I look over at the stove and there's like sauce, like bubbling out of the oh, pot there's sauce all over boiling. you got it too hot yes it was i did not turn it down <laughs> and so i you know i throw the meatballs in there thinking that okay um maybe this will calm it down and now all of a sudden i've got like frozen raw meatballs just like popping everywhere with the sauce oh. and i just I, I didn't know what to do at this point so i turn it down and then i, I look it up again and i say okay how can i get these to cook because i pretty sure you're not supposed to cook these in the sauce and so everyone's like brown them I put them in another pan and I start to brown them and it's not working like the, the pot is burning and there's just so much going on so I throw them back in there again and I'm freaking out I'm calling my dad I'm like what what do you want me to do I burn my hand and just I I yeah so that's a good scenario <laughs> of whenever anxiety kind of takes over Yes, I was feeling so defeated and we didn't even eat the, the spaghetti because I took the pot outside and threw it in the grass. So, Oh my gosh, you threw it in the grass? Yeah. You couldn't have just turned the stove down? Was it too burnt? No, no. Oh man. I, I didn't. Okay, so that's like a perfect <laughs> scenario of whenever your anxiety kind of takes over, um, over your kind of logical thinking. So something that I kind of like, I don't know where I developed this when I was young. I just studied a lot of psychology. And a lot of, you know, I had a really rough childhood. I had a very abusive dad. I had a very rough mm-hmm. upbringing. You know, my mom worked three jobs and, you know, it wasn't fun. But I, I understood, for some reason, something in me understood that there's a reason for all this. There has to be, you know what I mean? This kind of stuff doesn't just happen. So as I started studying, you know, psychology and whatever, as a kid, I kind of taught myself to look for other alternatives, now, even to this day, it's something I struggle with. But in those scenarios where you're there high anxiety moments, you kind of have to just sit back and, you know, breathe. Okay, understand my anxiety isn't me. I, it doesn't have to, you know what I mean? So something that like mm-hmm. me and oh, I don't even know if I should. Okay, I'll bring it up anyways. Me and my girlfriend struggle with this a lot just because I have a tendency to like whenever something happens, I take it the wrong way. Then I overthink the situation in my head and I make it turn into something that it's not. And it ends up in like an argument or something. And then we're mad at each other. Then we're throwing blows. Okay. This is something that mm-hmm. I struggle with because I know that in my head, you know, things could be okay. But in my head, I guess, should I say, there's a whole war going on of me making all these assumptive, you know, suggestions like, oh, well, maybe this happened because that, or maybe she said this because this, or maybe she means this, or maybe I shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And it becomes this chaos storm mm-hmm. in my head. And then I'm having to, I have this weird look on my face and she understands what's going on, but she's mad because I still, I took it the wrong, you know what I mean? So it's like this huge predicament that could have been avoided if I just was like, okay, well, let me think this one out. Let me kind of just sit here and, you know, um, I, a quote I heard a long time ago about fifth, I was real young. I heard it and I stuck with it. It said anxiety and um, excitement are the exact same thing. 
They're just the way you're like the way your neurons in your brain, the pathways that they take to create anxiety and excitement. It's the same path. They're the same exact neurons, the same, you know, neuronal pathways that go through your brain. And the only difference between the two is how you react to it. That is so That's crazy, isn't it? So, you know, I try to keep yeah. that in mind. And then at the same time, I want to say there was this book, um, Dan, Dean Graziosi. I've been mentioning it a lot in my podcast just because it's the only book that I'm reading right now. I picked up um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which is a crazy story. It was like too much information for me to start because the other book I hadn't finished. But anyways, um, this book by Dean Graziosi, it's called Millionaire Success Habits. It's about the habits that we develop that kind of set us apart from other people or you know the one percent the millionaires what what are those people doing that's what his premise the premise of his book is what are the people that are millionaires doing what are their habits what are they doing that make them the way they are that the 99 percent of america or the world isn't doing what's the opposite you know what's the contrast so he talks about like whenever stressful situations come up are you beating yourself over it are you stressing yourself out by dwelling on the topic or are you trying to find a solution? Are you trying to sit back and look at it for what it is and then base a solution off of a proper judgment? You know what I mean? And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. A lot of people struggle with seeing something stressful or seeing something hard or even dealing with a traumatic event and immediately going towards the hate, towards the greed, towards the, you know, self-loathing side of themselves like oh i can't do this because i'm that i can't this happened because of that you know what i mean and it, it becomes mm-hmm. very poisonous towards your personality because it becomes habitual you know what i mean you first yeah, start yeah. these things and i think that's something that even i'm getting over with you know even i'm getting over the points where like if something doesn't work out for me i kind of have to sit back and be like well damn i'm not holding myself <laughs> accountable i'm not you know what uh-huh. i mean i'm not doing what i need to do there's a lot of things that I need to do right now, and I'm just kind of sitting back doing nothing. And it's just one of those things that, you know, it, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of mental fortitude to kind of develop the mindset of to get rid of that self-loathing or to get rid of that reaction to how you deal with stress. Yeah, you're right. I um, I've, I think that, that I've gotten a whole lot better than I was last year. And I, you know, of course I've been growing throughout the years, but I'm looking specifically at last year because I know that last year was a really, really low point for me. And looking at how far I've come, I've seen myself react differently to different ways, um, in different ways now than, than I used Mm -hmm. to. And it has really had a great impact on my life just because you know, when you don't, like you said, when you don't look at things negatively, so negatively and look at all the things that go wrong for you that can go wrong, you find yourself not having to deal with as much as you would have. Yeah. And so that, that really hits home for me, your story, for just, sure. just because I, mean, I, I know that I was in like a very, very similar place. I haven't even named half of the things that I've had to deal yeah. with, but you know, just seeing that other people have come out of it too, that, that helps me. I mean, and to so. give you a little bit more clarity, I guess, you know, there's a lot of things that have helped me. There's a lot of big risks that I take 
all the time just to try to do something. So all my little ventures, like I told you off air, little things about myself, the mm-hmm. acting, you know, I moved out there with 18 with no place to live. Luckily, I found I found an aunt and uncle that lived in California. And, you know, they took me in for like a six months, which was great. But then I realized like this isn't where I want to be because it was right outside of L.A. It's a boring town and I just was pissed all the time. So I'd left. And then I moved back home to New Mexico, where I'm from. Excuse me. Oof. And uh, then I moved to Houston, and I lived there for about a year. Then the flood hit. You know what I mean? I didn't know. I didn't know Houston had floods, but I dealt with it. You know, I got to pack my stuff up two weeks before the flood hit, and I left. Yeah. So, to give you a little bit more insight, it seems I moved back into the, my hometown um, just recently, last two year, about November, not necessarily last year, but November of 2017. Um, I started a business, started a marketing agency, and I partnered with, I want to say last year in uh, June-ish or August, I partnered with one of, an old friend of mine that I designed a book cover for, and um, we went in with this business, and then it failed. I gave it everything. I took all my clients from my marketing agency and took it into this business, and then it failed, and I felt like I lost everything. Because I had this reputation amongst my friends and my family that I was 20 years old or 21 years old, and I had just started this business. I had my own shop. I had my own clients. I was working with the city, and it failed. And the guy kicked me out. And immediately after that, I haven't done business again because I don't want to. I feel like after dealing with that, it's like, why would I do that again? You know what I mean? At least not in that context of partnering with someone. But for the longest time, for the next, like, all the way up until recently, I was very depressed. I felt like a loser. I felt like everything that I tried to accomplish just fell right under me. And even though I gave it all, even though I gave it my 100%, I failed. And it didn't work out. Now, was it because of me or was it because I had a greedy partner? That's for the universe to speak. But my reaction to it wasn't healthy. You know what I mean? And even in the beginning of the year, whenever I had to move back to my hometown, I was depressed. I was sleeping for days on end i wasn't showering i wasn't eating i got a little chunky because i wasn't going to the gym i'd go to the gym maybe like once a week and i'd eat like shit i drink like six red bulls a day and eat like pizza rolls yeah wow. and so like i watched slowly my life just deteriorate and then i kind of looked back at it and i was like what am i doing why am i doing this why am i acting this way i feel like a baby and then i got so sensitive and now i mean i'm starting to get out of that pity party you know mindset because i used to just complain all the time a lot of the things that i wasn't happy with i'm like oh well it's because of this and i can't do it because of that and i'd make up a lot of excuses and i look back at it and i'm like man that was super childish of me regardless of what i was going through you know what i mean i still could have done a lot of that i still could have forced my and you know and it's a little hard to say you just force yourself to do something because when you're depressed when you have anxiety It's the hardest thing to do to look at yourself in the mirror. It's the hardest thing to do to get up because it's like, it's so easy to just turn over and lay down. Oh, I'm just going to go back to sleep. That's easy. That's easy easy to do. You know what I mean? Because you don't have to, you don't have to put any effort into that. You don't have to go out. And even if it's just with your family, you don't even have to listen to questions like, oh, where you been? How have you been? And you don't want to talk about how you've been. You know what I mean? Yes. yeah, I, I get it, you know, and it's it's one of those things that it takes a long time to kind of get yourself out of this mindset. Now, because I knew 
and this kind of dial back to the Dean Graziosi millionaire success habits, right? I believe chapter five talks about your story and what your story is. There's two sides of your story. There's, oh, I failed out of college. You know, I lost my mom. I don't have any college credits. You know, all these things that, you know, you may be blaming yourself for, but you're not looking at the things that you've accomplished. You're not looking at the, ch- the fact that you took the chance to be, um, to have, go to this film school, probably not looking that you were an amazing daughter and made your mom's life experience great. Um, that you were probably very supportive. You're probably not looking at that, you know, um, the, where your, your film got accepted into the film festival, things like that. There's two very, very contrasting sides of your story. And what drives you is what you have to look at. What, what, which story are you feeding? Which story are you gassing up? You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the things the book talks about is, um, looking at the perfect version of yourself and not trying to be that person, but getting their goals, getting their attributes, their characteristics. The perfect version of yourself is probably this amazing film director that, you know, has all these scripts and films already started that you have all this camera equipment, you know, whatever, whatever. So instead of comparing yourself that you're not that, you know, look at what that person would do in these stressful stressful situations what would that person do would that person you know deal with the stressful situations in a sense of like okay well let's get past through this or would they sit and you know drown in their own stress and that's something that i think a lot of people could help could do could try to to work on is to look at the what have you done in your life what accomplishments accomplishments have you achieved and what could you do better you know what I mean? Rather than being like, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. You know, you know what I yeah. mean? That, yeah, I, I completely get it. So you know what? I've, I'm going to start right now. I filmed a wedding. Never done it before, but one of my friends from film school called me and she said, I need someone to help me do this wedding. And I said, I've never done that before. What do I look like, you know, strolling up to someone's wedding? This is supposed to be, I don't know, a really nice day mm-hmm. for them. And I could potentially ruin it. She's like, let's just do it. We're going to take the risk. And so I took the risk and I told myself, okay, look, Asia, you, when you were in school, how many times did people come up to you and tell you, okay, why are you beating yourself up over this? Mm-hmm. You know, you did a really good job over this. And, um, and I just had to like feed myself these kinds of things. So we, now that day, that was, <laughs> that day was interesting. On the way up there, we realized that we had the wrong address, that the oh. wedding director didn't send us the right one. So we were actually, we had planned the trip to get there in about two hours, but it was actually about four hours yeah. away. And so we were like, oh, we're, we're going to be late. This isn't good. And, and the, um, the bride was telling us that she didn't want to pay us if we were late. And there was just so much going on the camera equipment one of uh, the cameras wasn't working and we were just so stressed oh. out but you have to give myself props for this because we had to like think on the spot we were like okay we can't let this you know beat us down we have to just think and we did and I gotta say the wedding came out so 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 very really? nice for these it really did um another friend of ours edited the um the footage mm-hmm. for us like you guys did a really spectacular job and I was about to cry and said I cannot believe we pulled it off so it's you know I have to think about things like that when I start to 
get down because I do beat myself up a lot, even though people are like, Asia, you're just 20. You're not supposed to have everything figured out. But I have always, since I've been little, you never been able to, to just, I want it to, I just, I have to have everything together. And so when things just aren't going like I plan them to, I'm like, okay, this is, this is failing. You know, what can I do to make this better? Never really stopping to sit back and say, it's okay. Like if you fail, it's okay. If everything's not completely 100%, you're trying and you're, you're you know, as long as you're putting in the effort. Absolutely. Then absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of it, what comes down to, you know, Anybody that's trying something complicated, anybody, especially if it's your first time around, like, you know, there, there, there has to be anxiety. Nobody goes first time into something that they've never done before, fully confident. And for those of, you know, that have anybody that has, you know, then apparently, you know, you know exactly what this thing is. You may have studied on it, you know what I mean? But for you to try something new, and be anxious about it. It's a perfectly normal reaction. Now, the thing is, is like, are you going to capitalize on that anxiety, though? Because there's two ways to do it. There's either the anxiety of stressing out about how it can go wrong, or the anxiety of like, well, hold on, maybe I can wow these people, I'm doing a job, they're paying me for it. So maybe I can, you know, you, you use that anxiety as fuel. Because a lot of the times, you know, I've done photography, and I love photography. I have a bad habit of, you know, I prefer nature photography because I don't have to tell people what to do. I don't have to be like, okay, look up. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't have to go try candid, try and catch all these candid moments. Um, but when I was younger, a lot, my aunt would do this. She would, someone on Facebook would post, I need senior pictures or I need wedding pictures. I need these pictures, blah, blah, blah. And she would tag me in them. And people would message me like, hey, can I see some of your work? And I'm just like, what the hell? I'm not even looking for work at this point. You know what I mean? But the opportunity is in front of me. So why am I not? Why am I going to pass it up? This person is already in my in front of me, ready to, you know, buy my services. Even though I'm not selling them, she, they're ready. They're right here and they're in front of me. They're like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, all the time I try to make it work out. I've done wedding photography twice. And every time I go into any photography session, I never, never, never have like a big head about it. I think my mindset on it is that I'm the worst photography photographer that they've come in contact with. And I have to do a damn good job to wow them that I'm going to have to do my best work. And this mindset gets me through a lot of things, especially when I'm doing something for anybody. When I've done any graphic design or website work, I always try my best to be like, you know what, this person is going to think my work sucks, so I have to push myself to be the best at it. And yeah. that, honestly, believe it or not, that that has gotten me to, you know, uh, to have a respectable rapport around certain things. So whenever people need something, you know, they come to me about like graphic design or video work or photography, you know, things like that. And it's, it's not because I push myself because I don't I really don't promote myself as like I used to for my website design and, you know I've transformed some businesses websites I have and I can proudly say that because not because of my cockiness but because of the reactions that I got from them you know what I mean the, yeah. the way that they would talk about it so I never have an issue whenever it comes to someone like hey I need this I need this you know I'll take a look at it like all right cool I'll get it done and then I just have that mindset the whole time like this is either gonna suck 
or they're going to love it. But I'm going to try my best to make them love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like, you know, you said you went through a real dark, deep point in life. Um, and obviously, you know, just by the sound of your voice, it sounds like you're doing pretty well. You know, you can always tell how someone is doing by like how they talk. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you're doing, you know, you got to get ahead on your shoulders and obviously you probably wouldn't jump on this little episode if, you know, you were having any issues. So with the issues that you were faced, if you would like to, if you want to share them again, go ahead. But what I'm r- really primarily focused on is what did you tell yourself to get yourself out of those funks? What did you do to kind of pick yourself up? Like, Hey, something's got to change. Okay. Well, um, so to start, I will just like briefly touch on kind of what happened. Okay. So I had these plans to get my own place. I had saved up money and I was going to get a car and I was going, I had enrolled in the school just to basically get my, uh, what do you call them? General ed classes out okay. of the way, just like not yeah. out of the way at this community college. So, you know, at least that would be done. But then there were so many things that just started happening one after the other. I couldn't use the money for an apartment anymore. I couldn't use the money for a car. I couldn't go back to school. I was losing friend after friend after friend after friend after friend. And so what I typically do when a bunch of things pile up on me at one time is I will shut myself off from the world and tell myself, you know, it's not worth it. It There is no point in me actually, you know, putting myself out there to do the yeah. things that I want to do. So no matter what goals I have at the moment, I just like, you know, push them aside. But one day I was sitting and I had been watching TV. Like that's one thing that I can't stand to do is to just like spend a bunch of days watching TV and doing nothing else with my life. So I had been just like a week doing nothing but like laying in the bed and watching Netflix or something like that. And I, and I told myself, okay, you are making it so much worse than it has to be. I know that things are not exactly how you want them to be, but there are so many positives and there are so many things that you can do even with the limited amount of, I don't know, um, with the limited amount of things that I had at the moment, like you can still do Yes, resource. That's the word I was looking for. Um, There's so many things you can do uh, right now, and so that is actually when I started my podcast. Okay, my own so podcast. You have your own podcast. I do what have my it? own podcast now. <laughs> oh wow! I love telling people the name because they're just like, "What?" Where are you? Where are you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Anchor. I'm hosting okay, on Anchor. Cool. What is it? I'm gonna look it up right now because I have my computer with me. Okay. It's the completely random foolishness podcast. Random foolishness? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Dig- digress on that. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay. The listeners as well. Yes. In art class in the 11th grade, it was the first year I had taken art class. I had been asking for it since forever, but it was the first year they actually gave it to me. One of our first assignments was to create an abstract piece. Like art? And or... they said, yeah, an art, abstract art like piece. Just or with- does it? You could use any type medium. of um, okay. medium. Yeah. So I put a whole bunch of things together. It was insane, actually. And I named it the completely random foolishness board yeah. of okay. art. Basically. 
And so my art teacher took one look at it and she said, this is actually the craziest thing I have ever seen anybody do <laughs> for an abstract art piece. <laughs> and I was like, but do you like it? Right. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I love it. I love it. And so one of the things that I had on the board was actually my logo at the time. Of, of course, it wasn't my logo, but it was just something I had drawn just to be, I don't know, just to be drawing it, I guess. And so when I was sitting in my bed thinking about like what I could do, because I had known for a while that I wanted to start a podcast, I said, well, I really like that artboard that I did. And I really like just in general talking. So um, that was weird, a little technical difficulties. You know, it's crazy. One of my last episodes did that, too. Um, that sucks that I haven't even put that one out. I don't think maybe I did. I don't remember which one I did, but it cut out. Anyways, go back to, you know telling about your podcast about how they originated you were talking about the artboard okay so basically I took the artboard and I said this is what I want to use as my inspiration for my podcast basically because this artboard basically represents freedom and just being able to do whatever you want with it and not have to feel like just other people are judging you for it or you know you have to worry about what other people like what other people want because that's why she told us we could use any medium that we wanted to to make mm-hmm. this artboard so I took the name of the artboard and I made it my podcast and I took one of the drawings that I did and I made that my logo okay so I'm looking at it right now, now. Is that the piece uh, thing? It is the peace sign with the crown and the glasses and the mustache. It's a lot of things going on with that, but yeah. (laughs) So when I first told people what the name of it was and my mentor who actually Mm -hmm. worked at the school that I went to, he was the one who told me to, yeah, like, just go ahead and make the podcast. When I told him about it, he said, Asia, that is, that is you. That is 100% you. I never understood you. You just do what it is that makes you happy. And I said, yeah, I I really do. And so that's how, that's kind of how I run it. Whatever you want. Whatever talk I want to talk about, you have I guests, just. Or is it just all you? Yep. Well, I want to eventually have guests. I was trying to at least get fifteen episodes out, and I would have, but my computer um, oh, killed itself last year. It did. It couldn't handle what I was doing on it, so I had to get a new one and wait for all that to work out. So Honestly, yeah, I'm I've a little behind, but my phone. If you you want my honest, like humble abode, I guess I've I've been doing everything from my phone. I've been getting guests. I've been like the recording wow. that we're doing right now is all right here on my phone, holding it right. You know what yeah. I mean? I I don't, I don't have equipment. I don't have nothing mm-hmm. to do straight through my phone. So that's cool. I mean, I would just shoot if you want to start doing guests. I'll be your first guest. I'd love to jump cool. on. <laughs> you know that that would be really, cool. That would cool. be really nice. So actually. um, back to kind of you know where we were talking about earlier. And for the listeners, sorry, there was a slight technical issue. The audio cut off, and we had to restart. But um so you were saying that you know whenever you were getting into these weird funks you had to kind of pick yourself up and did there become a moment that you kind of like how long did it take I guess for you to kind of realize like hold on hold on hold on what I'm doing right now isn't good for future me or current me I'll say that in the past it normally took me weeks at a time just to really get myself together that is how bad that it was I would have multiple times where this happened but last year in um, particular when I was talking about all that happened um it 
I'd say it took me a couple days before I like snapped myself out of it. And I said, I really have to do something because this is ridiculous for me to just sit here and act like, you know, just yeah. throw my own pity party that you know, I don't need to do that. I'm so much better than that. Um, and it, especially because I struggle a lot with self-confidence when I was growing up and just when I got to college, I hit like this new thing where I was so, so super confident in myself, not in, not to the point where I was cocky about it, but just, it, I loved being able to say that I was good at something and that, you know, and not having to downplay yeah, everything that I course. did. So, so it, you know, I had to put myself back in that mindset and like, I don't know if um, this part got cut off or not, but one thing that I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's just laughing at my situation, even when things can get so super stressful or they just don't go the way that I want it to. I find something positive about it and I laugh at it. And I'm like, you know what? This is just another obstacle in my way, but I, I'm using it as a challenge just to make me that's strong. That's good. That's, that's and, actually really healthy. Um, um, on yeah. that, that book that I'm reading, the Dean Graziosi book, Millionaire Success Habits, um, they're not a sponsor, by the way. This is just the book I'm reading for anyone that's wondering. Because <laughs> I've brought it up in the past, like, three episodes, I think. Or maybe even four. Well, it's just oh, wow. the book I'm reading. You know what I mean? Each day, I try to read yeah. a good, like, section of it. So, I'm on chapter eight right now. I think there's, like, 12. But still, you know what I mean? Each day, I'm learning something new. And I feel obligated to share it. Because if it's knowledge, then I feel like other people. That's the reason, really, the reason oh, I started yeah. this whole podcast. Um, sorry, I dropped my water bottle. Um <laughs> <laughs> so in that book it talks about when you're, you're dealing with stress and you're dealing with anxiety to smile to regardless of the situation you're tricking your brain this is what happens and this is kind of dials back to my theory in the beginning whenever you're dealing with something if you can like for instance the stress and how it correlates to your brain whenever you're thinking bad things you're putting yourself in a bad mood and it creates the chemicals that make you mad and angry and depressed and sad and full of anxiety. And it creates that and it manifests it and it gets stronger because that's all you're focusing on. So the, the, the practice, I guess, is to smile whenever you're stressed, smile whenever something happens, no matter what, smile, because what you're doing to your brain is you're telling it, okay, I don't have to be upset about this. I don't have to let it defeat me. And it kind of tricks your brain into thinking like, okay, hold on, what's going on here? I thought we were supposed to be mad. You know what I mean? I was about to let all these chemicals out. I thought I was about mm -hmm. to, I was about to make a girl <laughs> pissed off. Why, why are you smiling? You know what I mean? And it kind of puts a roadblock. Yeah, you tell yeah. your brain how you And I think that's one of the biggest things that everybody has a hard time to deal with regardless of how great of a person you are i think a lot of people have a huge problem with fighting with their own self and fighting their brain and controlling it you know what i mean because yeah. like i was telling you earlier about you know mm -hmm. my anxiety it all stems from me overreacting to the majority of it is me overreacting about something me taking something too personally and I have to just kind of sit back and be like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's think real quick. Don't do nothing. Don't think anything. Just, and sometimes, and this is something that I learned from um, Lori Scoblionko. She was my first guest of season two. She's a stress life coach. And she says something to do in very high stressful situations, which I've been trying to do my best lately, is um, take a step back. Like literally just stop whatever it is you're doing. Take a big deep mm -hmm. breath. 
and just focus on like something like your feet, how your feet feel touching your shoes or how your feet feel touching the floor or whatever it is you're doing and just focus on that and not even give the thought of stress any time. Don't let it live in your brain. Whatever event is freaking you out, stop it from happening. Stop it from manifesting into something bigger. And I think that's a huge, huge um, benefit that people could adopt. And that's the reason why I have so many people like that on this podcast. You know what I mean? Um, I like to have like stress oh, coaches, yeah. life coaches, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, psychiatrists. My next um, or the episode, let's see, that's releasing tomorrow, which for the listeners, I'm recording this on the 4th, but you guys probably aren't going to hear it until like, let's see. You probably won't hear it until the 12th. So um, the episode, I believe I recorded on the 28th or the 31st. I don't remember. Um, it was a psych clinical clinical psychiatrist, I believe, or clinical therapist. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. people like that. I like to have those insights because those people that have studied these fields and can give some kind of clue like okay you know majority people deal with this and this is how you tackle that you know what i mean of course it's not a one a one pill for everybody but it's an idea to kind of get people to be like okay well obviously this is a common issue other people deal with these things it's not Mm -hmm. just me going through this and it i feel like you know my goal and hopefully it has helped some people within this podcast to find some kind of um remorse for themselves you know what i mean like do do you agree Mm -hmm. tell me if you agree with this or not in your times of depression and anxiety or whenever you were just in a mood and you were getting down on yourself would it have helped you if someone came to you and been like hey look it's okay you're not alone in this and let me show you something that might help rather than you facing it on your own even if it didn't help would that have been better for you I, you know what? I completely agree because a lot of the time people would come to me and they would say things like, oh, well, you know what? There are people in worse situations than you. And there are people um, that that deal with so much more than you. So you shouldn't be feeling like that, you know, and it just made me feel like what I was going through. Yeah. What I was going through was not validated Mm -hmm. or, you know, like I was alone and that I was right like I was stupid for feeling like that so it just withdrew me more and more so I wish that people had come up to me and explained that like hey you are not the Mm -hmm. only one dealing with this and you know here there are ways that you can get past it I just you know that that, yeah like you said it just would have been better see that's that's my whole like idea behind this podcast is to help people I want to be able to let people know whatever it is you know any day of the week someone pops open in one of these episodes i want to be able to send that message of like what you're going through is perfectly normal the way you feel is perfectly normal but how you respond to it is going to make this what it is you know what i mean bingo right i think i I don't know i think there's even including myself it's have a lot of things to work on i don't even think we really know our brain all that much um, you know, to be able to understand, <laughs> like a lot of people just think like certain things should happen and you should feel this way, but you don't even understand why you're feeling this way. You don't understand, okay, do I really feel conflicted? And that's something else too, is like, I think people should spend some time with themselves a lot. Cause even myself, I find myself like staying busy 
and not giving myself any time, but I realized like how important time to yourself is like spending a good 20 minutes in the morning before you wake up to kind of understand yourself. Like, okay, how do I feel today? How are we doing? Knock, knock up there. What's going on up there? You know what I mean? Like, are we okay today? You know what I mean? And I feel like that's something uh-huh. that's really important for people that are dealing with anything because it's going to set the mood for the rest of the day or even the week or even the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I have really, really enjoyed this. I, I want to, when we are done with this, I just want to like share this with so many people like, Hey, when this comes out, go listen to this Absolutely. episode <laughs> because this guy knows what he's talking about. He, he can really help you. Cause I know so many. That's not it, man. That's not it. But, it's not me. See, that's the thing. That's, that's the one thing <laughs> I, I, I don't want to happen is people to say, I know what I'm talking about. Cause the majority of the time I don't, let me make that clear everything that I talk <laughs> about is majority of the time in experience and an opinion about how I feel about that experience and that's it but you, but you know what even if that's the case it still could help so many yeah. people even you know even if it's just something that you went through and that's the only reason you can even say anything about it it's sometimes that's what helps people just knowing that there's someone out there that's Absolutely. like that. So, so um, I was looking through your uh, podcast page, and it looks like you have a website on WordPress. Um, oh, would you like to boy. share that with the anywhere that we can find you? Anywhere the listeners can find you. I mean, if you don't want to wrap up right now, because I know we kind of agreed on about an hour, but we really talked. Like, I doesn't even feel like an hour. So, if you want to keep going, you know what I mean. I if know. you have time, let's talk. You know what I mean. Okay. Yeah, that's Ooh, that's okay. up I have to you. probably about another um, 20, 30 minutes. Awesome. Let's okay, keep going. Right. Um, so for you, for yourself, where do you think the biggest pivot points are in your life that you kind of made your transitions? Okay, you gotta give me a second. Deep question. <laughs> this is um, where the truth comes out. <laughs> so there 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 were a couple times i i guess that stand out in particular yeah. um i'll go with one is when i graduated high school and i say that because i don't know i felt like in high school i was i i had a lot of people i never was okay. popular i'll let me clarify that okay (laughs) it's not like (laughs) I I never was also either the type of person that was unknown I I guess you could put it like that I was known by quite a lot of people but not that they would necessarily go out of their way to talk to me but I did have like several friend groups that I could go to and so I guess that gave me the illusion of having a lot of friends, I guess. Um, But when I got out of high school, I quickly realized, okay, wait a minute. I don't have but like two or three people that I can really go to. And so that set me into like spiraling into something that I didn't even know that I was capable of going into like a huge, huge depression. Not like the depression that I had when uh, my mom had first passed away because that was something completely and totally different. Um, that was just like yeah. pure sadness. But this was like not knowing like what was actually going around 
around me. Like, and were so, you just lost? Like, a, a, an utter... Okay. Yeah, I'll say like that. And, um... What was your mindset? So like, where was your head at this that, point? That was, Whenever this all started, you started getting these feelings, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of trapped. It feels like you're cornered, right? Because I've been there before. You feel cornered. And you don't know what's, you know, you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on and you feel like there's nothing that you can do. So you sit there. Where was your, where, where was. Right. I felt like I, I just, well, I felt like I wasn't in control anymore. And so my head was just kind of like, well, if you're not in control, just let it happen. Just let it play out, I guess, you know, don't even try to change anything. And so I really did just sit back for such a long time and just let things occur around me even things that I really could have changed if I honestly wanted to so I'll say that in that um in that time that I was dealing with that one thing that really changed it and really changed me and where I really just like told myself to get it together was when I made my first short film was it good not a bit why do you think it wasn't good but well there are a lot of things that now that I go back and I look at it, even then when I knew nothing about making mm-hmm. film, even feel like, okay, this isn't my best work. This isn't like what I okay. want it to be. So um, it's not that is, you know, I'm just saying it was terrible because it wasn't technically proficient or anything like that, but no, the story, um, I, I feel like I was compromising a lot on it. So I, after I watched it, I sat down and I said, okay, it is really time out for me um with all this letting other people run over me and not feeling like I have a say in things not feeling like I'm good at things not feeling I have control over certain things like I really I have the ability to do this if I just take these risks if I just put myself out there if I just really work hard at it and stop sitting back I can do this and so my second short film came out so much better and it was in that time period right there that I just like really buckled down. What kind of, did you and, um, take on, like any practices or anything that kind of like, okay. Yeah, Cause something I always think about is like, I have this much free time. This is why um, mm-hmm. I book myself so much during my free time. Like if I have nothing to work on, well, honestly, I've been procrastinated something. Um, I have a website I've been working on with a, another client of mine, one of my older clients but this thing just takes so much time. I, I mean, I know it's a big excuse, but it's like, it's so tedious. Uh, an hour of work gets like an hour of work on this website gets nothing done. You know what I mean? It's like, cause it's a lot of like hyperlinks and anyways, whatever. I'm just making excuses at this point. So, but majority of the time, um, I kind of keep myself busy. You know what I mean? I, I do a lot of things that, okay, well, if I'm not recording a podcast episode, am I reaching out for guests? Am I looking into new tools for hosting? You know what I mean? Things like that. So what kind of practices did you kind of adopt to make sure that this second film was better than your first, I guess? Well, one thing I decided was um, I got to stop winging things because all my life, even in school, this is so bad. I like, I just did Mm -hmm. not study. I always got pretty good grades to where I felt like, okay, you know, I can just wing it. It's fine. Whatever. But, um, one thing I said was if I want to get better at something, I have to actually make an effort to mm-hmm. want to get better, yeah. if that makes sense to you. You know, even though I felt like I was good at it, like you got to like bring your ego down just, yeah. just a touch <laughs> and tell that you can always learn. And so that's the one mindset that I've um, 
adopted is that every day I want to learn something new, even if it's not about film or podcasting or art, whatever it is, I do want to learn something new. And that has helped me so much because I feel like not only can you learn things from books, but you learn things from experiences. And so I take these negative experiences and I count them also as things that I have learned. So yeah, that's, that's one thing that I started to do. And also I learned it, uh, learned it, it's not a word. <laughs> I went, I started reaching out to people because before I was so afraid of going to people and asking for help. Why is that? Um, Were you just afraid of being judged? I, I think that that might be a part of it. I guess I just really didn't want people to look at me like okay. I couldn't do it. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so I just, I would try to do something and then get really frustrated when yeah. I didn't know how. And instead of just going to ask for help for it, I would just shut down completely and just not do anything. I think that's normal though. You know what I mean? So, Whenever you, you want to do something and you see yourself in your head doing it, but then you try it and it doesn't work out how it did in your head and it makes you mad. Yeah, see, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. But you, that well, yeah, mean you should course, quit. That's where you kind of have to have that like, I'm going to get through this mindset. Um. Now with short films, do you, something I was going to ask you earlier, um, have you thought about like, I, what your short films, I mean, I, I can't really say this yet because I don't know what they're about. Are they like scripts that you write personally or are they, do they like kind of encapsulate like personal reflections on things? Hmm. Okay. A okay. little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, there are some things that I just write just to write, just because it's it sounds like something that mm -hmm. I want to see. So I'll write. Um, but then there are some things where they, it does get very personal, and um, so so I write about that too. So it just really just depends on the mood that I'm in that day that sense. I write it. I guess I mean, I, I've always wanted to make films and short films and stuff like that, which that's one of actually my like New Year's resolutions. I guess is to kind of lean into really? that. Wow. Ever since I was a kid, like ever since I was twelve. I would always just picture things from a different perspective, like visually, you know what I mean? I'd be like, when I'm walking home, be like, oh, this would be a cool scene of a kid that just got off school that's just walking home, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like so yeah. through my whole life, I always think of things like, what kind of message could you portray with what I'm going through right now? Whatever it is I'm doing at this very moment, what could message could I portray to people? And I always just, I've always thought about doing short films, you know, but a lot of the things that, of how I see it in my head, revolve like in includes a lot of like aerial footage and things like that and all i have is a nikon 3400 d3400 so i just don't see myself because of how much it's on my plate right now you know what i mean i don't see myself being able mm -hmm. to m make the quality production that i want because if that's my thing too is like with film if in pictures too if i can't get it to look like how it looks in my head i don't want to see it yeah, I, I went through that a couple of times where I had written something that was just like out of this world fantastic. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And I thought about it and I said, well, can I really film this? <laughs> the way I see it in my head. <laughs> there was this horror um, script that I wrote that one of my best friends, Austin, he and I had been talking about. It. We were like, we do so much comedy. Let's mm -hmm. do horror. Let's do action. Let's put it here. And so we wrote this amazing script. And we were showing it to different people and they were like, oh yeah, you guys got to do this. And then I said, wait, wait a minute, Austin. Um, where are we going to get these locations? <laughs> uh, special effects? Like, 
what is no, <laughs> what do we it. rock? Yeah, so <laughs> that that one's yeah, still on the table. Nope, I, I understand that one completely. Because especially if you're from somewhere that has like everybody knows this spot. You know what I mean? How am I supposed to encapsulate a story in this spot that everybody has their own stories with? Yeah, it's oh, not going to work. Um, I have a little short film. I'll probably send you um, once we get off air. I want to kind of this. It was the season one trailer. It was the opening trailer to my podcast. And I was just trying to encapsulate like a little bit of a story of, I don't know, um, of what the podcast is about. But then now that I look back at it, actually, there's a film director in town that everybody was like drools over. And I showed it to him and he was like, so first of all, this doesn't have a message. And I was like, fuck this guy. I don't want to hear you talk no more. <laughs> but he was right. He was right. And I looked back at it and I was like, if I was someone that wasn't me and you said, hey, I have a podcast, watch the trailer. I wouldn't know what this is about. I wouldn't know that it was even a podcast. You know what I mean? There was no script. There was no text. There was nothing. It was just a bunch of like, you know how Frank Ocean did the, um, whenever he released Blonde, I think it was, how he had that uh, visual visual album where it was just like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lyric. It wasn't even lyrics. It was just like instrumentals and then random clips and stuff. Yeah, like some yeah, aesthetic yeah. cool. Kind of, I guess that's where I kind of was leaning. But, anyways, now that I think back on it, season two, I was going to do it, but then I just had all these guests lined up and I was like, I got to start recording. So, maybe in the future, season three. I have a, a decent storyline because I have one in my head kind of, but that's later on. And maybe I'll kind of have you chime in on it if that's something you're interested in. Cool. Okay. Well, Asia, I think we're yeah. done with the, this episode. I think the time has reached its end. Is there anything you would like to um, to bring up to people? Any last messages that you want to share? Any advice you want to give? Sure. Absolutely. I can do that. So to anyone out there that, I don't know, I've met a lot of people like me and I'm just like, please don't do that. Please don't be, please don't be like me. There's so many things that I wish I could change, but let me just stop you right there and say, don't say that. Don't even say things like that because, you know, you are a person just like everyone else. We're all human and we all have flaws. We all have things that we need to work on. And um, you should just be you. And when things like depression and anxiety get to be too much to you, don't be afraid to reach out to other people. Don't be afraid to take risks. And that's what I did to get on this podcast. And I really enjoyed my time here. I spent so much time having opportunities that I turned down just because I felt like I couldn't do it. But you really have to get out of that mindset and just tell yourself that, even if something goes wrong, you know, smile, just like Darius was. Yeah, I did get your name it. right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> For a second, I'm blank <laughs> and I said, wait, did you I did. read it right? <laughs> okay. Like Darius was saying, you know, it's, it's as simple as just smiling when something goes bad. And you, you trick your brain into thinking that everything is okay. And you take charge of the situation. And that's basically all I want to leave it with is learn how to take charge of your situations and laugh, smile, be more positive, be happy. That's that's my life goal for this year. I just want to be happier. Awesome. Well, tell the folks where to find you at your social media and your website and your podcast. Okay, cool. I know 
this is a lot to type, so I apologize in advance, but you can find my website at completelyrandomfoolishness.wordpress.com. I am sorry about that. I'm working no, on don't apologize. Stop it. getting another. Next. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'm working on it, though. I want to get my own domain so that people don't have to type all that. But yeah, um, you can find me on YouTube. I do video podcasts as well as audio podcasts. If that's more your thing, you can find me there. Completely Random Foolishness. I have an Instagram page, I have a Facebook page, and I have a Twitter, although I don't use it. So yeah. So your there Facebook you page is Completely Random Foolishness? Yes, it is. And Instagram is the same. Oh, and Twitter is different. It's CRF underscore okay. podcast. And so, um, we're going to have right. to link up here soon about the video podcast because that's something I want to kind of transfer this into. Awesome. Cool, cool. I well, Asa, thank you so much for your time. It's been a blast. Um, hopefully, you know, somebody got something out of this conversation. Sorry for the technical difficulties there, um, earlier, but um, if that's all we have to say, it was good talking to you. You too, really enjoyed it. And hopefully you can be a guest yeah, just, on mine just soon. Let me know. I'm ready. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. Bye bye.